Good morning, LifePoint. Great to be together today and to see you. And today is a really special Sunday. It's a Baptism Sunday here, and we have nine people who are taking this important step on their spiritual journey, and you're gonna hear all their stories, all nine. Uh, we had two people baptized in the first service. We have seven here in the second, so we got a few more to, uh, this time around. And uh, they're very moving, powerful stories. I know you will feel encouraged today, just as I was in the first service. And, and um, before we uh, get into the service here and kind of lead into the baptism, I just want to take a minute, too, to just thank you uh, for uh, being part of uh, yesterday's event. Many of you were here. Many of you prayed. And it was a, just a huge deal. Uh, it's the first event we had where we didn't have COVID really hanging over us as hard as it had in the past. And I just want to, again, thank all our volunteers for all that you did to make that happen. And it, and it makes me very thankful and grateful and proud of our church because we cannot be about ourselves. This isn't a monument to us. This isn't a platform to get ourselves out there. This is a huge opportunity as we continue to grow and see new people every single week. It's a huge opportunity for us to, to leverage the the influence God's given us to serve other people. And so now we had 300-something people here uh, serving uh, the parents of our church and families of our church, parents and families of our community. And I love that, and I'm excited about that, and I look forward to, to doing more and more of that. Can we make a difference in the, this world? Yes, we can, when collectively together we say, I'm part of it, and so thank you for that. And also, I just wanna uh, remind you Two, that next week is another huge Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. Again, the first one that we've had in a while where, again, COVID isn't a big impact. And I want to encourage you, as we saw in the announcements also, to take that black card on your seat and to give it out to somebody. Invite somebody to join you. See the empty seat next to you as an opportunity to fill it with someone that you love, someone you care about, uh, that you'd like to you know, wor worship with or someone that needs hope. Pray about it and ask God who you can invite, and let's together continue to make a difference as we see a good advance and as we see lives changed. And to lead into the baptism today, I want to just also talk about how God is in the business of life change. We're going to hear stories of life change in a few minutes, but I want to talk for a minute about the power God wants to pour into your life so that you personally experience life change too. And that can play out in a lot of different ways, but God is in the business of helping us become the best version of ourselves. God is in the business of helping us to, to move beyond some of the brokenness, maybe bad decisions or pain of the past or circumstances that kind of have sabotaged our momentum spiritually. God wants to work in your life to bless you and to lead you to a better place tomorrow than you even are today. And I want to look at a story in the New Testament in Luke 19 that talks about this path that God has to blessing in our lives. And it's found in a story that's all about today as well because, well, today is Palm Sunday. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem to a great throng of people praising him and worshiping him and honoring him and declaring, Hosanna, blessed is the name of the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and I want to look at that story because here we see some principles 
for powerful life change today. This is found in Luke chapter 19, and we read it in verse 28. It says this, that uh, Jesus went ahead, and he was going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage in Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. Well, they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And he went along. People spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now prior to this, it's becoming clearer and clearer to the disciples that Jesus is way more than just like a good person or an amazing prophet. That Jesus wasn't some spiritual guru that you go to for spiritual advice or someone who's just very God conscious, like super God conscious and we wanna hone in on what he's about because he just knows God better than other people. He's not just a, a merely a teacher either. He's much, much more than any of those things. And that becomes clearer and clearer in this story too because there are some really strange things going on here. Very, very weird, bizarre things. And it starts with Jesus. He's walking with his disciples and he's going to Jerusalem. And he says to his disciples, while he's walking with them, like they're just walking along, he says, um, by the way, I would like you guys to go to the village down the road. And when you get to the village, at the entrance, there's gonna be this donkey, like right there at the entrance. And the disciples are like, what? Like, we haven't been to the village. I mean, the village is down the road. We're not there yet. How do you know that there's a donkey? I mean, like a random donkey, like there, and it's at the entrance. It's right at the entrance. Yes, there, there's a donkey at the entrance. I want you to go and, and find this donkey. And he's, they're like, okay. I mean, it just seems a little unusual that you haven't been there? Did you send out a drone? Do we have video footage to ensure that the, the right donkey is there? And, but Jesus gets more very uh, detailed here, very specific. He says it's not just a donkey, but actually it's going to be a colt that's going to be tied there. In other words, it's a specific type of donkey. A colt is a donkey that is young. It's four years or younger so now we got to get very specific. It's a colt. And by the way, no one has ever ridden it. And the disciples are probably like scratching their heads saying, I mean, really, I, you want us to go there and look for this? And it's like, well, Jesus is never wrong. And so I'm not going to second guess him, but this just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. We haven't been there. How would he know? But Jesus knows the future. He knows exactly how things are going to play out. He then says to them, they are to untie it, untie it and bring it here. And the disciples are like, I think we're crossing a line, okay? This is seriously illegal, okay? So Jesus uh, teaching all this stuff, he's asking me to steal this dude's donkey. And, 
And yet, what they didn't know is that Jesus had already, by means of the Holy Spirit, spoken to this man, had prepared him for this moment, and knew his heart. And in fact, when he asked for it and knew it was for Jesus, he would be more than willing to give it. And so here we have Jesus giving direction to the disciples, and the disciples are like, this seems far-fetched, but let's go look for this random donkey. And they get there, and it's exactly as they said it would be. And they did exactly as Jesus said. And then it gets even stranger, because Jesus has this cult now, and he takes it, and he does something pretty unthinkable and really over the top. The disciples put their cloaks on it, and he decides he's going to ride it, riding a donkey. But here's the problem. Important people don't really ride donkeys. Kings don't really ride donkeys. In fact, uh, the movers and shakers of the year, would, of, of the time, would look down on this seriously. But Jesus was going to ride this donkey. And he's doing this because he is a humble king. He's doing this because he has a message for us. He's doing this because there's prophecy and prediction he's about to fulfill. Because 700 years earlier in the book of Zechariah, it was predicted that Jesus, the Son of God and Messiah, who's way more than a teacher or a good person, would come into the city of Jerusalem to rejoicing. Zechariah 9.9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. What I want to see us to see here is this, that riding on a donkey was not an impressive thing. It's not impressive. It'd be like the president of the United States, you know, going to a world summit in a Ford Pinto, okay? Now, and, and, and a barf green Ford Pinto, because that was my first car. And I don't know if you could say barf at church, but that's the color. And that's what it was. So that was my first car. The president isn't driving that thing. No, he's driving a Lincoln Town car. He's going, he's styling, okay? He's important. He wants his ride to convey his authority and importance. And Jesus' ride wasn't really doing that. And what we th I think what we see here in the midst of all this is, is that what is impressive to people is not always important to God. What is impressive to people around us is, is not always important to God. And the truth is that our culture kind of moves us towards living for the impressive, living for you know, what we have, how much money we have, what we wear, who we know, uh, where we've been, you know, how cool our Instagram or our TikTok videos might be. It's like, man, making an impression. We can live to impress, and we feel pressure. We feel pressure to impress as well. We feel pressure to conform to what other people value and what they say is important. And so often we can be like the person who says, I just really, I want the applause. I want to fit in. We all feel that way. And yet, what is impressive to people isn't always important to God. And I think we see this play out that, that on our spiritual journey, you know, God sometimes wants to work in our lives in a way that's unexpected and that other people might not appreciate. 
that some of the changes, and I want you to think about this, some of the changes that God wants you to make in your life right now are not going to impress people. I want you to think about that. Some of the changes that God wants to make in your life right now are not going to impress people. Some of the, the new direction that God wants you to take to get to a better future are not going to get the, the applause from other people. You know, some of the values that God wants to build into your life so you have better attitudes, you have more hope and greater peace, that you treat people even better, which is exactly how Jesus wants us to act. Some of those values aren't going to be approved by others around us. Some of those changes will be tough. They'll be challenging. But ultimately, when we're willing to make those changes, great things begin to happen. And that's what I want to challenge you with today because 2,000 years ago, Jesus rode as a humble, gentle king into the city of Jerusalem. Today, God as a humble, gentle king wants to ride into your life in a new way to lead you to hope and a better future. And I want to challenge you, encourage you to let him ride into your life. And there's different ways that that can happen. One way might be for you to come to this moment to say, you know what, I've been religious or I've been thinking about God, I've been considering faith, but I've never crossed the line of faith and asked Jesus into my life. I want to encourage you to take that step as these nine people here have, as I have, as many here have. But there was a point in time when I wasn't there and I was thinking about it, trying to figure it out. If that's you today, I want to encourage you to take that step let him ride into your life to admit that you've you're, you're a sinner, that you've lived in self-willed ways, as we all have, and ask Christ to come into your life to forgive you yourself. So, you, so you're forgiven, you're free, and you're a child of God forever. For others of you, your next step might be getting your faith back on track. Maybe something happened over the last couple years, or maybe there's something, an event or a circumstance or a, a bad experience with a so-called Christian or a church, and you're like, you know, I'm done with this. And as a result, you're kind of thrown in the towel or you've, you've drifted away. I want to encourage you this season to come back to him, to come back to him, to rekindle that faith that was once vibrant in your own life, to rekindle that faith and that passion for God, let him ride into your life and heal you of that brokenness and lead you to life change, to peace and joy beyond what you have now, to greater measure even than what you have. For others of you, maybe this is letting Jesus ride into your life is releasing something to him. Maybe there's a burden in your life, a, a struggle in your life, uh, maybe an addiction that has its grips on you, uh, maybe some bitterness or anger that has kind of taken root in your life and you're like, man, I feel like I should hold on to this, but it's not doing me any good. To take this moment to say, God, I release this to you. Ride into my life, heal me, restore me, renew me, bring me to a better place. And for others of you today, maybe this letting Jesus ride into your life, embracing the important would be this step, baptism. If you've accepted Jesus into your life as your savior, and, and we read scripture all the time about this journey of faith, the next step is to be baptized. Scripture links the two, believe and be baptized. And I wanna encourage you to take that step. We have nine people today, but if you've not done that after accepting the Lord, again, baptism is always 
uh, by immersion, as we're doing, and it's also for those who have already accepted the Lord. It's a statement of, of faith that we personally possess. It's not something a child can do. It's something we do as we get older, and, and we agree to it and understand it. And baptism is not a statement that says, I got it all figured out. It's not a statement that says, I'm now a perfect model Christian. It's not a statement that says that uh, I don't have any things to work through. No, actually, baptism is a powerful statement that says, Lord, I come as I am. I've accepted you into my life, and now I'm going to work at this to exit the old life and to enter into the new and better life that God has designed for me. That's embracing the important. And so today, I just want to encourage you to to take your next step, whatever that might be, and you will never regret stepping away from the loud voices that say, impress me, impress me. You'll never regret walking away from that and embracing what is important to God because very soon, in the not-too-distant future, what's important to God is really gonna be the only thing that matters. So let's pray.